Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Still Not Dead Hail to the District podcast. Uh, I'm still Rajan, in case you forgot. And despite the gaps in the content and the long pauses in between us dropping episodes, this podcast still keeps keeps on keeping on, albeit at a smaller pace. Although now, with the NFL season very closely upon us, I'm very excited to bring my buddy John back to dive more into the gambling world uh, with some NFL win total over-unders. And John, I was really excited to do this episode or this series of episodes, however you choose to look at it, because I got to honestly say that our NFL draft podcast was one of my favorite that we've ever recorded. I thought it was absolutely fire. um, And I'm... At least I'm happy to do my best to try to win people a little more money while still talking football at the same time. No, I think we had some solid picks. Um, the one lesson that <clears throat> I, I learned from our podcast was I got a little too overzealous and I think I made too many bets. So it was like 20 plus when really it should be limited to like 10 to 12. And I'm going to take that advice and apply it to this bet. Yeah. I'm most certainly not betting over under on 32 teams. I might do six yeah six that i really like and then the other caveat that i'm going to put out there is i if you look at these numbers like a lot of the numbers look good and then we were like oh they're definitely gonna go over it's minus money it looks like crap so i think the alternate spreads if you really have a conviction of yeah either one way or the other you're better off going with an alternate spread and getting it into the plus money so if there's a team that you're like they're going to be awful for instance, my preview would be, I think the Raiders are going to suck. Hmm. I think they're going to be atrocious. They're six and a half. Um, they're unders plus 100. I could get them at five and a half. Doesn't see tease it down. For like plus 170. Yeah. And I think that they win five games. So that's one bet that I have kind of penciled in right now that I'm thinking of. The baseline odds, to your point, are very, very vanilla, uh, if not downright unsexy. Um so I am more than happy to help to give you the floor to foray into those teasers or however you choose to call it. Um, but kind of laying the groundwork for that. This episode is going to be the first of two or maybe three parts. Uh, today's episode, we'll be covering the over-under for AFC teams, as John alluded to with the Raiders. Um, well, part two will probably be the NFC, te- NFC teams. And then maybe there'll be a third part, which we were just talking about before we started recording with like player props, MVP, offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, blah, 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 all that stuff. I don't know. We'll see, but we'll figure that out. Enough of me jibber jabbering. Uh, we're going to get started, particularly in the AFC East. Um, I don't really remember how or why I came up with this order, but I did. I think it was in based I, up I think order. probably are thinking of like stronger conferences. I mean, it's very clear which conferences in the AFC are the best and which, which are the worst. I just did the East, East, North, Southwest presentation like you see on like most places. But I also think the East is very competitive. The North is very competitive. The West, not so much. And the South is just absolute shit show. So let's start with Buffalo in particular, right? Because Buffalo reigning AFC East champions. 13 win team. Say it again. 13 win team. 13 win team. So let's actually use that as a segue right now. Their over under is 10 and a half wins. And that's interesting. If you're saying they're going to have 10 and a half wins, that basically implies that they're going to lose, lose what, six and a half games? And right. again, you just said that, that they were a 13-win team last year. DVOA last year, offense was number two. Defense was number four. They were both in the top three, if not, I mean, excuse me, the top five, if not top three. Um, I know they took had some personnel changes, like a couple of things in the offseason. 
Tremaine Edmonds was their biggest loss. And I'm going to go off on that slightly in a second, but I don't know. This one seemed really interesting to me. And I think the the spread is kind of indicative of that because the over on those are very negative money, whereas the unders, they're giving you much more favorable odds. And there hasn't been a whole lot of line movement. Looking at the, when I looked at the odds, like um, over a month ago, it's, it's, it hasn't changed at all. It's stayed pretty constant. Uh, the thing, the reason why the Bills is set at 10 and a half because they have the 27th strength of schedule. So they have yeah. one of the hardest schedules in the NFL this season. They have to go against Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, who's like, you know, an MVP candidate. He's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's he's yeah. not tier one, but he's definitely in tier two. Just everybody agrees upon it. I saw somebody tweet about how good he is. Um, Aaron Rodgers twice, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, and he's got Tua twice. Well, no, he won't. Tua's not going to play that many games. But so he faces good quarterbacks, and then the 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 end after week eleven, they've got a little bit of a murderous row. So uh, they just. Bottom line, they have a tough schedule. That's going to be a reoccurring theme. You're 100% accurate. I agree with everything you said. It's going to be a reoccurring theme because the entire AFC has that. Digging down a little bit, right? So, you know, the the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, brouhaha, iciness, whatever you want to call in the offseason tends to be the one that things that people are talking about right now. But I think there's bigger questions about their offense in general, right? Like they lost Brian Dayball, obviously, last year. He's in with the Giants, unfortunately, because he can actually coach, unlike their unless they're unlike their litany of other people that they had previously why can't we bring back joe judge i miss him i miss him a lot he was fantastic but taking a bigger picture perspective of the on on the 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 bills offense so ken dorsey is their offensive coordinator he was fine last year i mean i think that actually should take i should caveat that through the first half of last season bills might have been the best offense in football what they did over the first few weeks of the season i remember how they just decimated the Rams in the season opener. I mean, that was a humiliation like, like of like a good team being the shit out of a bad team, let alone the Super Bowl champion. Um, but taking, going back to the Ken Dorsey thing, or going back to the offense thing, there's still kind of a strangeness to this offense in some capacity. Like, okay, Josh Allen, we have to remember that he had a busted elbow for the second half of last year. I don't think that gets played enough. Like he tore the UCL. That's the pitcher's tendon. If I'm not mistaken, your elbow, like in a guy who throws the football a country mile, like that is going to have some level of effect, but take a look at the supporting cast around him, right? Like we talked about the whole Stefan Diggs. I don't know if they hate each other or love each other or whatever the thing is. He's going to suck it up and he's going to play. It's going to be fine. Gabe Davis I don't know what to make of this. Like, did we, were we a year too early or was he just a flash in the pan? So I don't know what to make of him hit there behind him. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to really put any stock into Trent Sherfield or Deontay Hardy or Khalil Shakir. Everybody wants to make Khalil Shakir a thing. I'm not there. Right. So it's very strange. And then they have Dawson Knox, but then I heard there's rumors that they're trying to trade Dawson Knox because well, they drafted Dalton Kincaid. And then there's the whole thing. So then there's Dalton Kincaid, right? And it's like they have this really interesting wrinkle where they can go 12 personnel, meaning two tight ends, where Kincaid is a tight end, but not really a tight end. He can be their slot receiver and things like that. And then they're basically just the whole time where they're like, we're not even going to try to run the football. Like running is going to be our changeup every now and then. But you got James Cook and you got Damian Harris. Right. And you got Latavius Murray. It's just a lot of stuff. And well, I don't want to poop. And I don't know if it were a running game. The running game is very poorly ranked, but they also have a, a below average offensive line. Right. It's it's fine. It's it's not nothing to get excited about. But like 21st, ranked 21st yeah, in the, right. in the I mean, NFL. That, so. 
it's not great. I'm actually more bullish on the defense. Um, so everyone Our defense stacked. And everyone was like, um, you know, Tremaine Edmonds lost. And again, Virginia Tech guy. You're not going to hear me say too many bad things about Tremaine Great Edmonds. Play. But my hot take, and I'm going to workshop this another day, but one of my hot takes is that linebacker is kind of becoming the running back of the defense. Thinking the same thing. You like know? your most important positions is your 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 edge rushers and your corners. And they have, they're very strong in both of those. I am a, I have a, I'm a safety fetishist. So I was going to say that like a, a hybrid safety is now is more valuable than the linebacker. Like a high. I mean, they're true safeties. Like, I think they're really good. Like they're not like the money backers, dime backers. Like, they're actually p- more pure safeties, but like the Derwin James prototype is much more in vogue than like finding another Tremaine Edmonds, so to speak. Anyway, I think they're fine there. Um, Matt Milano is, is there. I think they resigned him or whatever the case yep. was that they'll generally be fine. I don't know. So I'm going trying to find my win total over under on this. Bear with me just a second. I have them. Uh, it's in one of my 30 spreadsheets that I have open. I have them. God, talk about sitting right on the fence. I have them at like 10 wins. My spread is like 10 to 11, which is right on the line. So I know good recommendations here. This yeah, is going to feel down. really great about it. Don't you? Yeah. Real, real good. <clears throat> right. I, to me, this is not one of the, uh, one of the ones I would I would bet on. I, I'm kind of a little leery. The the strength of schedule scares me. Is is where I'm at. They did destroy other teams last year. I think they had an average margin of victory of nine points in the the games that they did lose were by less than three. They yeah, could probably end up with. They're probably going to be a 12 win team. I was going to say, it's funny you say that that's exactly what I was looking at. If you look at their close wins adjustment, they're about a 12 win team. I was literally just about to say that if you look at their like advanced analytics, they're a 12 win team. I think you have to hedge against that with the nasty strength of schedule. But if injuries start to pile up on other teams or whatever, this could creep up closer to a 12 win team. So like 10, 10 and a half to 12 is kind of that range. So just stay away from this one. It's, it's gross. Or you do the alt spread and you go over 11 and a half. And that's fascinating or yeah, or just over 11. I don't, I don't know what the, I'll leave you to that part, but like, yeah. Pulling it up really quick over plus plus one forty. This is not bad. Now, if you go over 12, I would not do over 12. That's getting fancy. 12 and a half, that's plus two fifty. That's no. But if, if you like the bills to go over 10 and a half, I would take them at over 11 and a half. It's a very similar story. I'm going to move from the Bills. I'm going to go next down to the division into the team you just very briefly touched on, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Um, Maybe the team of the offseason this past offseason for the hiring of Vic Fangio and the acquisition of uh, Jalen Ramsey and so forth. They're over. uh, Signing's really paying out. Yeah, I mean, that that was a real kick in the gonads. Um, But they're over under. Very similar story is nine and a half. They were seventh in DVOA last year, and that's with like Teddy Two Gloves running the offense for, and if not, what's the other dude, Skylar Thompson, running yeah. the offense for quite some time, and then defense, middle of the pack. That's about to be expected. So, kind of putting the card. What was their defense at when uh, with Brian Flores? Weren't they like a top five defense? Say it again. Who was the top five defense when Brian Flores was the coach? I can't remember where they landed, but like, but either way, they were they were top ten at a minimum. Um, so I think you throw Vic Fangio and that top 15, that 15th ranking goes to a top 10. Yes. Um, the, the, the question is always going to come down to the quarterback. And now their backup is Mike White. He's not. I don't, I don't know. Like he definitely uh, caught caught a little bit of fire in, in New York. And is that like, is he a one hit wonder or 
is he, sustainable. He's that classic, great, very good backup, low end starter, like the type of uh, dare Case I say, Keenum. Case Keenum, Taylor Heineke archetype. Yeah, you know what I mean. So this, everyone wants to look at the best part of to it again. For those who I've said this a thousand times, so apologies for the listeners of the podcast, but like you know, my wife is Alabama alumni. I've watched a ton of Alabama games over the last better part of a decade. I was a huge Tua Tagovailoa fan coming out of college. I have publicly stated the argument that if he was a little bigger and a few pounds heavier, he could have been the number one overall pick over Joe Burrow in that draft. That obviously looks a lot sillier in hindsight. The arm strength for him is absolutely a question. People are not talking enough. It's like the health is obviously there, the whole curling up of his hands and the and the, the concussions and however many he's had. Like that's that is the obvious. We know that that's the big Chiron at the bottom of the screen. We know that's the thing. But the other part people are not talking enough about, although they still talk about it, is his arm strength is a limitation very much in that offense. And what you started to see last year where like teams are basically taking away the near side of the field. And they're like, throw it to that side of the field. I dare you. And he struggled in a lot of cases. If you go back and watch a lot of Miami, because I was I did so in preparation for this pod, there were a bunch of YOLO throws he threw up and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle bailed him out. There were a lot. Statistically speaking, that's not going to happen again. Just the amount of like sheer like, hey, I'm going to go throw this up and I hope my 5'11 receiver can make me look good. Like that doesn't happen that often. They were incredible last year. I mean, but they are incredible. They so are incredible. It is but like repeatable at some level. But like, the, I mean, Tyreek Hill's a freak in terms of his jump ball abilities for the for his size or lack thereof. But I don't know. It just seemed it, like there's it is a lot just of unfortunate to have that much speed and not have not, not have like Josh Allen back there, or Justin Herbert back. There. Precisely. Right. Like not it, having or, you know, just somebody with a pure howitzer. And I and it, I think it was, I was listening to the Robert Mays, Bill, Bill Barnwell athletic podcast, and they were they they made that great analogy. They're like, this is a hundred million dollar season for Tua Tungvaluwa. Right? right. They're like, if he balls out, there's a hundred million dollars waiting for him. Guaranteed. And it's just a fascinating scenario. I, I can't can't remember if I've said this already or not, but I'm like I I have them again right around eight and a half to nine and a half wins because particularly because of another miserable strength of schedule. Twenty ninth, right? So, um, you know that Jalen Ramsey injury. I know they've still got a little bit of depth there, but it is a kick in the dick. Yeah. So like, and they're not going to get him. I know there's ambition that they're going to get him back quicker. It's probably going to be Thanksgiving by the time they get him back. So now you're kind of you don't have the same lockdownness all over the field. I don't know. They're they're still very very loaded on defense, um, and their offensive line is still going to be a little bit of a liability protecting Tua Tagovailoa, which is not a good thing considering he's not the biggest guy in the world. That's those are my thoughts. I completely agree. Um, nine and a half minus one ten over minus one ten under hasn't moved. To me, this is I have no interest in, in wagering on this whatsoever. It, just way too much uncertainty. They're in two. Uh, tight of a division. Um, I think one of the uh, interesting bets would be they're at minus 105 to make the playoffs. Huh. There's juice there. So, it's like with three wild cards, they got to be one of the wild card teams. Mm-hmm. Like they're in the upper echelon of the conference. They, they, they're there. Um, yeah. When I break it down and, and look at them, I put them. So you, to me, you've got your top four. If we, if I'm just overgeneralizing, uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Jacksonville, I think are your division front runners. They might not all win the division. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying 
projected wise, they're the front runners. And then your next tier is your Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins, Jets, Browns. And then your maybe squeak in teams is the Broncos. Sean Payton does something. The Steelers, because Mike Tomlin is the voodoo god. Yep. Um, Agree. Tennessee Titans, because Mike Vrabel's insane. Yep. And somehow motivates the hell out of them. Oh, yeah, same page. I, I don't I, know. Echo, exactly. And then it's, said. that's about it. That's really about it, right? So they're, they're definitely in the mix for the playoffs. Did you mention definitely. the Jets? I, I have the Jets in that second tier. Like yeah, second they're, they're definitely going to yeah. be battling. So I don't know. I think if you like the Dolphins, I would rather wager they make the playoffs than go with their uh, win total. Aside from the two nine the- wins, they might make the playoffs. Aside from the Tua question, which is a massive question, and the Ramsey question, it may be the most complete roster. I mean, one of the most complete rosters in the conference. In terms of completion, it's coach. actually a rather well-positioned roster. Yes. To... Yeah, the weakest point is, is your quarterback because of the question mark. The offensive line still has questions. Yes. The running back is iffy. I think Dalvin Cook signs there. It's early. Dalvin Cook should sign there. That I think makes Dalvin way Cook more sense there. than the Jets to me. I think, although I could see him, I could very well see him end up in, ending up in Gotham. But I, I, their defense is so stacked. Yeah, I'm going to go to New England next. I'm not going to go to the Jets. The Jets are the obvious t- uh, conversational point. We're going to take a quick left turn there. This is one where I feel much more comfortable about making a wager, particularly because yeah. I think on DraftKings, I like the under, and I okay. know Dra- DraftKings has six and a half as the under. Uh huh. I, I like under. You just think they're good. You, you don't think uh, Bill O'Brien's going to turn it all around for him? So, you again, going back to the Alabama question, right? I mean, I know. So, okay, first of all, when you're upgrading from the Lloyd Christmas, Harry Dunn of, you know, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, like anybody, like the turd sandwich is an upgrade in terms of coordinating an offense over those two assholes, right? right. Like that, 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 that's just the, the table stakes. Bill O'Brien, speaking of turd sandwiches, I watched him like people are like, oh, well, he coached at Alabama. Alabama's offense sucked when Bill O'Brien was their offensive coordinator. It was a classic clogged toilet offense. His entire offense was, hey, Bryce Young. Hey, Brian Robinson. Hey, Jameer Gibbs. Hey, Jamison Williams. Go do shit. That's usually a good thing is to get your star players to go do shit. Like just do things particularly Bryce Young. Bryce Young saved Bill O'Brien's ass for two or three years, however long he was in Tuscaloosa. And we're like, oh, he's magically going to turn Mac Jones into Joe Burrow. Like, let's 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 all take a deep breath here. And even if he were to somehow do that, this supporting cast, Ramondre Stevenson notwithstanding, right. and I'll touch on him in a second, is still kind of doo-doo. Right. And this is coming from one of the world's biggest Mike Kosicki apologists. He's there. And like, they're not going to throw him the football because that's just what they do in New England. They just they find cool weapons to not give the ball to. And then the receiving core is again, it's like, is this, what is this? It's a bunch of dudes, like usual. The Devontae Parker, who's fine. That's... And Juju Smith-Schuster, who's again, fine. Fine at best. Right. Taekwon Thornton, who's like here today, gone tomorrow. Hunter Henry, who they're paying a bunch of money to not do things. And then Ramondre Stevenson, the great thing is like everyone's like all, everybody's, couple of things everyone's like oh man bill belichick's give him like 280 carries and stuff like that i'm like have you ever followed a bill belichick offense he will give a guy 35 carries one week and mothball the guy the next week 
as someone who has led many, many Patriots running backs on his roster for, you know, for fans. Who's he going to mothball for now? They'll find somebody. They'll like, find Remember the one Pierre Strong game where Pierre Strong had like 204 yards and never ran the ball ever again? Well, that's his backup now. No, then Pierre's I – mean, there was some dude that, that, that he played. It was against the Colts. It was a primetime game, and he had 204 yards, and he never played in the NFL again. Like, that is what Bill Belichick will do, right? He'll find somebody to give the ball to and because – that you know he creates different game plans every week which i think is very innovative but and then they're kicking the tires on dalvin cook too by the way like that would be so stupid for dalvin cook to go there let's let's go to a team that is not going to utilize him in the proper way whatsoever so yeah this defense is great and they were number three in dvoa last year and stuff like that but between the offense being about the same it'll be better coordinated but when you juxtapose that against the worst strength of schedule in the NFL, like number one, hardest strength of schedule for them. And I, I just, I don't see it. I really don't. And like, I'm sorry, but you can try to sell me the Mac Jones narrative all you want, but I'm, I'm, I'm not here to buy it again as somebody who watched him for quite some time. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to be reasonable. They have the second hardest schedule in the NFL. I know Bill Belichick's amazing. He's a legend. He's starting to lose the fastball, though. Mm-hmm. And his specialty is his defense, and the defense has been stellar. And that will continue to be stellar, but the question's scoring points and who the hell is going to score points on that team. I know Bill, Bill Bill Simmons makes this makes this joke pretty frequently. He made the joke with, like the first year Tom Brady left. He goes, good, now Belichick and getting back to winning games like 12 to 11, how he prefers to win games, or like a final score of like 13 to 10. But like you can't survive in the league in today's NFL. Sorry for the terrible cliche, um, or sorry to sound like Chris Collinsworth. But like you can't survive in that mindset. Like unfortunately, as much as he'd want to, yeah, I I don't have high hopes. And not to mention, you used to be able to say like, okay, well if nothing else, he's going to get four wins from the division. Where are you going to find four wins in this division? You're, you're not. They'll be there's lucky no, to there's, get there's no two wins. Puff. Do you think they even get two wins? They maybe if my I don't I didn't see what the schedule is, but if Miami has to go up to New England in like December, you can maybe squeeze uh, squeeze one. And if you know Aaron Rodgers and and Nathaniel Hackett have a brain fart game, Miami's you can get one from the Jets. Two. Maybe, maybe. Well, they get the Jets at home in Week 18 when the Jets probably won't care or maybe care. I think they'll be one of the wild cards drive yeah. spot, right? So like they'll 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 care. Yeah, no, I. If no. anything, the, the Patriots won't have anything to play for. Yeah, they, they've got Washington at home in Week Nine. I think that's a win for them. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds like one of the safest ones for them. Um, I also like them against New Orleans in Week Five. Is it at the is at the the Superdome or wherever whatever they're called now? New England. Yeah, no, sorry, that's a good one. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, it's it looks like a whole lot of well, they also have the, the Colts in Week Ten, so they'll get some wins. But uh, division wins, they are going to be hard pressed, hard pressed to find put a pin on the Colts because I had much more about them in, in, in a few moments. Um, let's get to the Jets. Just this right out of the gate, like over-under is nine and a half. This is a good, very, very good team. I forgot. I don't even care what their DVOA was last year. I don't even have it written down because going from Zach Wilson to matter. Aaron Rodgers is obviously night and day difference. We know that we know all the big pieces here. The defense is very, very good, if not great. Uh, the offense now with the new quarterback is obviously going to be very much different. Uh, they still have significant questions at the offensive tackle spot, particularly the left tackle. They're a little thin in their overall depth. Oh, and then the, again, 
not to belabor the point, but they they have a, also a very gross strength of schedule. And I made a note in particular, their first four games of this of the season are like just brutal, just miserable. I'm going to pull it up right now, but I was like, holy shit. Like I could see them going Buffalo, out Dallas, New England, Kansas City. Right. I mean, that's so that you've got three Super Bowl contenders. And for a team that I know everyone's expecting them to go 16 and 0, or certain people are expecting them to go 16 and 0 gate, but like it's going to take some time for them to really come together, particularly as the new parts are gelling. They will be absolutely lucky to be three and three after at, when they hit their bye in week. Because you still exactly you have to go to mile high, then you have to play the Eagles, and then fuck the Giants. But it's like you know, it's it's a it's a gross schedule for the first half. I think they're going to so that directly affects the win total. It's not so much about the fact that do we are we hating on the jets it's much more about this is a really gross schedule and that's why nine and a half seems around correct yeah um just based on so again looking at it in mid-june nine and a half over was minus 118 it's now at minus 122 on on draft on FanDuel. meaning people um, so there has been so more money's been going on the uh over um but this this one I just would not touch the the whole the all of the AFC East. So if you look at the strength of schedule, Buffalo twenty seventh, Miami twenty ninth, New England thirty first, and New York twenty third. They all have tough tough I'm roads. Surprised the Jets are twenty third with that first half of the schedule. I mean, it gets it gets softer. easier. Yeah. It, it gets softer. I mean, they've got Atlanta, Houston, Washington. They get yeah, so definitely softer. Uh, Vegas, and then uh, the Giants in Week Eight coming off a bye. I don't. I mean, we'll hit the Giants when we do the East, but I, I imagine there'll be some regression. You know me; I can't see anything obje- I can't see anything objective in the positive direction about the Giants. So, yeah. Um, okay, we're going to move to the NFC North right now. We're going to start with the defending champs. I think the defending champs. I would be surprised if they weren't with the Bengals. Uh, there's a discrepancy, at least from when I last checked, in the baseline over under. So FanDuel has them at 11 and a half. DraftKings yep. has them at 10 and a half. That seems generally right around the range. Initial spoiler, my range has them anywhere between 10.4 wins and 11 wins. Go figure um, in terms of like what I'm looking at. Um, the real interesting question, which seems obvious, but I think it's something that can't be discounted, you know, we all saw the the injury that calf strain or whatever it was to Joe Burrow. I'm not worried about it. You're less worried about it than I am. Soft tissue injuries just have weird ways of re-manifesting themselves. And I know Burrow's a dude. I have an enormous amount of respect for him, enormous amount of respect for him. But like I just hope that's not a thing. I hope it's not a thing, but I cannot discount it's, it not being it's summertime, it's hot. Calves cramp up. I hope it's a crap. I hope I hope it's just to rub some dirt on it, right? But right, but they've said that he will not play in preseason whatsoever, which is fine. And I mean, which who gives a shit? He doesn't need it. And we all know that the first three weeks are the real preseason anyways. Now I would argue it's even more than that, to be honest with you, but sure. Yeah. Right. Um, they were Oh, and two last year and they went to the, and the AFC championship. So again, I'm, I'm just genuinely not even worried about anything that happens in the first, as you said, four or five games of the season for them. Um, the, the, so interestingly, um, their their number the betting has been on the under and that's why uh DraftKings has lowered their number to the to the ten and a half. FanDuel has gone from minus one thirty four on the under to minus one forty four. So they're at that tipping point where they're they're probably on the brink of switching 
to 10 and a half. So if you, for some reason, would like the over, again, this is why you shop. This is why you, you shop the books because um, everybody's got a little different based on how much wagering they're getting each way. And FanDuel's got some positive big on uh, – no, sorry, it's positive over 11 and a half. But if FanDuel drops to 10 and a half with positive money on the over – It'll be, you know, it'll go to minus if they oh, go, go to if minus. They drop. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, makes sense because they're trying to get to have generate money on the other end. But, um, there's questions on the secondary, excuse me, about the defense too. They were 10, 11. They lost the their safeties. It's most, it's just, it's particularly their safeties, but losing Von Bell and, and uh, with Jesse Bates, I was going to say the other one. Um, that's not a small thing, again, from a safety right. perspective. But again, I mean, they, they have just absolute studs on offense. It's ridiculous. Like that people, as much as we talk about it, we really don't give them their full credit for how good that receiving core is. Like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. That's really, really, really good. And their offensive lines improve. If they make anything out of Irv Smith, which nothing has ever happened so far, but like if they make anything out of him, like goodness. And they don't, they, they hate Joe Mixon less now. In fact, now with uh, the other running back who just got carted off the field, like Mixon might get even more targets. Like they still don't hate. They're still. Is he totally out of the woods? Isn't there a chance that he could go to jail at like any time? No, I think that's been resolved. Okay. Isn't there a risk that he's going to do something crazy <laughs> yes. and go to jail there is, anytime? There is a risk that he can do Joe Mixon things at any point. People yes. Get shot on his property and he just straight up knocks women out. Like I don't understand how this guy is still in the league, especially after he knocked a woman out at Oklahoma. Like, yeah. let's see. And that only uh, dropped him. Yep, that looks like a pattern to me. That only dropped him one round in the draft. So I, I liked Orlando Brown signing, um, helping solidify the left tackle spot. You got to protect Joe Burrow. Assuming, assuming Jonah Williams doesn't get cranky about it. He was cranky in the offseason. But assuming he's not overly cranky about playing right tackle, which, I mean, he You know what helps that? Tackle. Winnie. And also not sucking at right tackle like he did at left tackle. Right. So. I, 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 I think they'll be fine, but um, here's my question. Do you think they win the division? For them to win the division, they're at plus uh, 145. I don't know if I'm being a hipster or I don't know if I'm thinking objectively, but there's another team that I just I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm putting more eggs than I rationally should in their basket. All right. Well, let me, let me list the numbers for you here real, real quick. Just the division yep. odds for the AFC North because I think this is an incredibly competitive division. Probably, probably more so competitive than the East, wouldn't you say? Because even Pittsburgh could get in the mix. They're not going to win the division. Yeah, there's no doormat in the in the North. Right, exactly. Um, so, as I said, uh, Cincinnati Bengals are plus one forty five. Baltimore Ravens are two twenty. Cleveland Browns are three eighty, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are four ninety. You already know where my, even though I should definitively know better than, but you already know what my hipster pick is. And I don't even know that I fully believe it, but like, I've had a hard time wrestling myself to not look, I mean, realistically, like if you had to put the mortgage on it, you have to bet on Cincinnati because that just, that's the only one that makes sense. However, however, let's go to Baltimore a lot of talent first. somewhere else. Well, let's go to Baltimore first and then we'll come back to the other one. I, I, so in my opinion, not that like, I, I just, for some reason, I just don't think I, I, Cincinnati's making the playoffs. But for some reason, I just have a feeling that the division's going to be super competitive, and I just don't think they're going to win it. So I think it's either going to be Baltimore or Cleveland. 
Um, I kind of like Baltimore just for the fact that I think their offense could be more explosive with an actual talented offensive coordinator. I think they still lack weapons because you're counting on Odell Beckham coming off of an ACL injury. Multiple knee injuries. Multiple. Um, He's also nuts and he's getting older. Like relying on him to be your stud number one is questionable. And then also Zay Flowers, a rookie and um, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, who cannot finish a season can't stay healthy and he's another you know he was he's another cranky public cranky and your top running back holding out yeah because he wants more money in a perfect market right now right right this is a good time for running backs to ask for more money said no one ever like so yeah i mean they definitely have a lot of questions their defense i think is going to be fine their corners are i think as you said are still kind of poo poo their defense uh, so the back the front the front seven of their defense is good. I, that is the, the the strongest superlative I will give to the, the the front seven of the defense. The back four of their defense is garbage. It is hot, stinky diarrhea. It, mm. Okay, Mar- Marlon mm. Humphrey is a wonderful cornerback. That's fine. This is one of the worst secondaries we've seen in quite some time, and people are not giving its full due. Like they, I can't remember if they made the playoffs or not, but whatever they did. They only got in by the edge of their teeth because, and not more definitively, because their secondary was so trash. Per Warren Sharp last year, in the final 20 seconds of each half, the Ravens allowed 40 points over the course of the year. That's the most any defense has ever done in five years. Anybody who thinks anything about the Ravens, go back and watch that week two game where they blew the 21 point uh, fourth quarter loss against the Raven, uh, against the Dolphins, right? They blew a 17-point lead against the against the Bills. They blew a nine-point lead against the Jaguars. Like this secondary sucks, and they did nothing to make it better. Marlon Humphrey is there, right? Rock is seen third team in like five years. There's a reason for that. They signed a Arthur Mollett, who was a nickel corner from the Steelers. He was one of the worst nickel corners in terms of like pass uh, passer rating allowed from his position. And then they got a bunch of dudes, like a bunch of rookies or a bunch of just younger players. They're, They're not good. On some fourth rounders. They, I mean, uh, short of Todd Munkin dropping 50 a game on teams, this is going to be a problem. And I, I'm just more bearish on that. Like, yeah, I, I like, we are both Todd Munkin fans. And I think J.K. Dobbins, if he does show up, I'm a, I don't like when players hold out because that tends to lead to injuries during the course of the season. But let's say he right. stays healthy. I think he actually has a very, very strong year. I think Mark Andrews is going to eat in this offense absolute eat spoiler i think i have him as like my tight end two or tight end three in fantasy this year like very very high but just that defense is doo-doo like they're gonna give up so many points from a win total perspective is this is going to affect the win total which is currently at ten and a half. Ten and a half ten no no my range for them is between the high end is 10 the highest of high end i have them very firmly floating in the eight to nine range I think they're at eight and nine slash nine and eight team at best. I'm, I'm, I'm making note of this. This this just doesn't feel. I mean, I again, I'm I, I have an enormous respect for the Ravens. I think they're one of the most well-run organizations in the NFL. But just looking at the product, I can't I can't condone it. Uh, you want to go to Pittsburgh? or You want to go to since Cleveland? I don't even want to talk about Pittsburgh because they're boring. About, I don't want to talk about Pittsburgh either. Um, Cleveland is. Okay, so they're absolutely loaded. But their problem is 
will Deshaun Watson show up? Like, are we getting the real one? Yes, he took a year off, all that stuff, a year and a half off. <laughs> he didn't take a year off. <laughs> yeah. He, he was he, politely he was, asked to step away. away because of his off the, off the field hobbies. Uh, anyways, but with a full training camp and so forth, can he get his gameplay back? I love, I, I am a big fan of like entering the offseason with like no nonsense, being able to have a full offseason in the same offense or a second year in the same offense. I'm I'm a, always a fan of like year two progression, assuming all the variables are the same, which they are in this case. Um, so I like that a lot. I am a closet Jim Shorts apologist. I'm not 100% yep. sure why I am, but I am. It might be because he went to Georgetown. Um, but uh that has nothing to do with anything, but I do like what their defense is. Um, they start sign Zaddy Smith to go alongside Miles Garrett. There's Dalvin Thomas on the inside. I love the big um, Polynesian dude that they got in the draft. Um, so I think there, there's plenty on the defense. I like, you know, they've got everyone's favorite Elijah Moore in a di- um, as the under the radar trade. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is one of my favorite deep sleepers. Although I think I'm the only person left on that Island. Um, I think that's Amari fine. Cooper's Amari Cooper's a little overrated. I think he had a he had an outlier year last year, but that's fine. And then he there's just David consistently gets 1,200 yards every year and multiple like touchdowns, 10, 50 to 12, and like six to seven touchdowns. That's just the range that he lives in, right? Yeah, but that's good. It is for sure. Um, it's top 25 receiver, good, Whoa. solid wide receiver one. I, I think Watson's going to be fine. I do. I think he's too talented to not be fine. And this offense is going to be very suitable for him. They're not coached by nincompoops. What did Kevin Stefanski do with uh, Baker Mayfield as the quarterback? He won coach of the year. Okay. So I'm very certain that another year with uh, Kevin Stefanski and you will, you will see a better product on the field out of Deshaun Watson. I thought the Jets were absolutely insane for trading Elijah Moore. The reason Elijah Moore was so pissed off is because Zach Wilson would not throw him the football. And Zach Wilson is a absolute hot turd of garbage shit. And why you would want to bring in some Green Bay retreads when you could have a young, when you already had a young stud on your team baffled me, baffled me. It was that classic football coach. Oh, he opened his mouth. So I hate him now. The dude could play. He was he's so good. Did we all forget his rookie year when he was like he was really, really good? Right. Him and Garrett Wilson could have been a phenomenal pairing. And they would have and you would have had these two rookie contracts aging quite nicely with each other. And instead we gotta go sign him on Lazard. For like a I think it was like a third round pick or whatever. Anyways, it was stupid. So I'm I'm very intrigued now at the plus three eighty. Division odds, I'm not saying – so, again, this would be not a full unit. I would think a quarter unit bet because, again, you know, the, the payout's better. I kind of like I, that. I have Cleveland very firmly in an 8-9 to nine win at minimum range, but you're getting positive juice above 9.5, and, and there is definitely a world where they can squeeze out 10 wins. I mean, if the last team in this division bottoms out, which they never do because of their coach, but if they can start to squeeze out some cheap wins, also – we should point out Cleveland will start off probably slow and everyone's going to be like, yeah, you guys are idiots. Wouldn't be the first time I've heard that, but the schedule does lighten up for them. Their strength of schedule is not gross. Like I think the second half of their year in particular is very favorable to them. 
So they can start picking up some wins and start affecting that win total. Yeah, they definitely have some uh, poorly ranked teams. You know, they have Arizona, the Rams, the Bears, and the Texans um, towards the end of the season. Um, So, again, I believe that their over is plus 108. Yeah, I got plus 108 on fan. I saw plus Plus 115 on DraftKings. So here's what we do. We're going to do – we're going to do – 0.75 0.75 units on the over, and then we're going to do a 0.25 on the division. That's what we're going to do. That's tasty because so, I think that there's a world because it feels so chalk to say Buffalo, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and Kansas City because like you always have to factor that four of seven teams that make the playoffs or three to four of seven teams that make the playoffs in the following year don't make it over the same year. So who's right. what's the what seat is changing? And so you're thinking it's the Baltimore seat? I, I'm yeah. I mean, that's for yeah, minimum, right? Okay. We'll wrap up with Pittsburgh because we have to. Um, I think the we'll start with the, they were middle of the pack team last year, 18th offensive DVOA, 12th in defense. You can argue that the 12th in defense was a little um, deflated because TJ Watt was out for uh, the first half of the season. You right. made a great point that they picked up a bunch of garbage wins at the second half of the season. Like They, they played, played, their wins were against dog shit teams. They beat nobody that was worth anything. So I just I think that, that that just inflated their number. And then of course Mike Tomlin doesn't have a losing record. And so now everybody thinks since they didn't lose last year, they should be better this year. So there's no way Mike Tomlin's gonna have a losing record. Except for the fact that Matt Canada is far and away the heavyweight champion of the world, 12-time Olympic gold medalist, worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. Like he is retire his jersey and enshrine him in Canton for the worst offensive coordinator in the league. Period. But they've got a great quarterback that can make up for that, right? Well, I mean, Pickett is fine. He's, I mean, he's like a rich man's Mac Jones, if you really want to put a like, you know, put it. And like, literally, the entire mo for him was last year was like, don't throw the ball to the wrong team. Like, then his entire thing was like, just don't do bad. That's it. Like, don't do good, but just don't do bad or don't worry about good. And now this year, they're going to try to try to take the training wheels off, but it's going to be really hard for him to do anything when every play is go run four button hooks or go run four verticals. And that's your playbook. It's like, you know, you had a more sophisticated playbook in Tecmo Super Bowl. Hey, that was way harder than original Tecmo Bowl. So it went from, it went from four plays to eight. I was going to say you're going to blow Matt Canada's brain with that. Well. Uh. All right. I'm just looking at the quarterback tiers. Uh, Athletic had Kenny Pickett ranked 25th, which is behind. Yeah, uh, but Jones. they're never they're never favorable to second year quarterbacks unless I mean I bet I think they had Trevor Lawrence like b- before last year in the 20s as well. They're 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 very unkind because second year quarterbacks have rarely or entering second year quarterbacks haven't really proved anything. The bottom line for me is like I have the Steelers somewhere between seven wins, eight and a half is like Mike Tomlin pulls a rabbit out of his hat and that's right where their over under is. So interestingly to me, and you hit the nail on the head that everyone's like, Oh, Mike Tomlin can't have a losing season because it's it's been written on, you know, the burning bush on Mount Sinai or whatever. Right. But there's positive juice on under eight and a half wins. Plus one twenty. That's that is very, very interesting. The only caveat is strength of schedule. 10. Strength of team, right? Like strength of team. I guess they're just counting on TJ Watt playing all 17 games and destroying every opposing offense. 
And their secondary took a slight step back. Like I know they signed Pat Pete and things like that, but like Pat Pete had a little bit of an outlier season last year with the Vikings, although the rest of the Vikings defense was trash, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see the offense holding up their end of the bargain. I really don't. Even if Deontay Johnson does find the end zone this year, as opposed to last year, like I just, I just don't see it. Najee Harris. I think George Pickens is going to become the next great Steelers receiver. Not if they're throwing four button hooks. So you're so what you're saying is is that the quarterback and the terrible offensive coordinator are going to hold the receivers back? I'm saying the terrible offense is going to hold a ter- is going to hold a above average defense back and I don't see combined with the strength of the rest of their division no. Huh? Okay. We're going to go down now to the AFC other part south going from north to south. So we're going to start off with the defending champ- champions again with uh the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, interestingly enough, nine and a half is the over under with negative odds. If that's the right way to say it over, meaning that's where the money is going. And I get it. They finished this second half of the season. Very, very strong. Um, you know, there's, there's two ways to look at this as I was mentioning, right? Trevor Lawrence, who shout out to our friend Ari for making sure to tell us that he was going to be a big, big draft bust. Um, and clearly those words were prophetic. If you look at his second half of the season stats, right, from week nine onwards, I think they were eight and one down this stretch. Oh, my God, they were stellar. 70%, just under 69.7, if we want to be exact, 69.7% completion percentage, 2273 to 2,273 yards. So he's basically averaging 250 a game, 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. The two interceptions is what really impresses me the most. Seven and a half to one touchdown interception ratio, which is fantastic. Excellent, right? So you're basically projected over 16 games. That's 30 touchdowns, four interceptions, and 4,500 yards passing. And 70% completion percentage. And the dude shows up when it's game time. And he became a dude. He became he he let out some of his inner fuck you, right? Which was also magnificent to see. As I've said right now that if I'm building a franchise for the – I have to compete for the next three years. Trevor Lawrence is in my top five. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like not per se this year, but I have to compete for the next three years. Lawrence is in my top five and maybe slightly. No, he's not in the top, higher than that, but he's in my top five. Now, the reason why I am not quite going to throw all my pennies behind this one, or nobody really should is because their defense is interesting in terms of pieces like obviously they drafted Trayvon Walker number one last year they added like you know they got Tyson Campbell in the secondary when they used another first round pick on him and there's other players all over there but it just feels kind of like a toolbox with a bunch of tools that you've collected but don't really come together cohesively as of yet okay you know and they're like there's just like they're not in harmony I don't know it's if there's a more eloquent way of saying that right like there's they're dudes and they're good but it's not a full orchestra the defense definitely needs work. Um, like 26 in DVOA last year. I don't think they did anything to significantly improve on that. Like a lot of people are expecting Trayvon Walker to take this big leap in year two. There are a lot of signs that that's not a thing quite yet. He's not ready yet. He was a, a bit of a project, even going number one overall last year. It was a little right. bit of, I'm Trent Balky and I'm smarter than everybody else. And I'm going to do this and take him over Aiden Hutchinson, which in hindsight, which is 50-50, as everybody knows, um, may not have been the best idea, but that's neither here for or nor there for right now. Well, I think Trent Balky's with holding him back. I that's that yes, that's the subtext. Because offensively their line sucks. And defensively they're they just don't really have anything good outside of a little bit of a pass 
past rush. Yeah. Um, I am very, very interested to see Calvin Ridley playing on this team. I think they're going to light shit up. I think it's going to be fireworks. They're going to light shit up. Yeah. So offensively, they are going to, I think they are going to be a juggernaut. Um, they just have weapons. Because uh, Calvin Ridley is still going to be a marginal number one at best. I mean, at worst, dude. Uh, I'm expecting a regression from Evan Ingram because that's who Evan Ingram is. And yeah. I know he was a fantastic last year. Yeah, fuck that. He's going to come back to earth this year. Uh, now you've got Christian Kirk at number two, and they've still got their other cachet of dudes there. And now you've got a bunch of dudes. I mean, dudes in the sense of they're just human beings running the ball, like Tank Bigsby, your boy. And then Travis Etienne is there. And then I think Jamichael Hasty is there. They've just got bodies that they're going to throw. They've got guys. They've got guys that can, right? that can play and, the rock, and Etienne is isn't just a running back. He is a weapon. He is a dual threat guy. Right. And, and, and putting a bow on all this year two in the Doug Peterson offense. So I like, I like them a lot. I just, I like, I slightly like they're over, not a whole bunch over. I, I kind of have them as like a nine and a half to 10 and a half win team. So there's no point going on, going on from a betting perspective. What if, because they have the seventh easiest schedule. They have a cake division. They do have a cake division. What if you go alternate spread ten and a half at plus one forty five? It's there. It's definitely there. I mean, they have a coach who's taken a team to a Super Bowl. I know that's a cliche, but like they do have that. They have a, a they have a top seven quarterback at worst. Because otherwise, there's nothing appealing like other bets, in my opinion. Uh, division odds minus one fifty five. That's as much of a lock as there is for division odds. It would be as astonishing as any of the eight divisions in football if Jacksonville didn't win. Right. Uh, and they're minus 200 to make the playoffs. So why don't we – What? why wouldn't we take the plus over 10 and a half? Throw a tiny – throw a fraction of something or other on it? All right. Because, um, yeah, if you – again, just to recap for division odds, Tennessee Titans plus 310, Indianapolis Colts plus 550, and the glorious Houston Texans plus 1,000 to win the division. So um, so not even any level of competition. Tennessee is plus three, three what? 310. So as I wrote down, and you you said this earlier, if it weren't for Mike Vrabel being Mike Vrabel, I would legitimately believe they would contend with their teammates and or their, their compatriots in the AFC South for the title of worst team in the AFC. Right. And they are taking the proverbial one step back to take two steps forwards in many cases. I wrote down and I am, I'm fascinated by Ron Carthon, their new GM, uh, particularly because I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Maurice Carthon played in the league, who's his dad. And he was playing for the giants when we were like growing up because we're old. That must've um, been when we were in like elementary school. Or something. We were in elementary school. This oh, okay. was Bill Parcells giants when they had uh, Rodney Hampton and, and Maurice Carthon as their running backs way, way, way back in the day. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there, but you said it and I will stop betting against Mike Rabel, although I'm not going to, but I, I will stop saying bad things about Mike Rabel being a bad coach because the dude gets wins or he squeezes wins or he squeezes water out of rocks in terms of like, this is a bad team. How do they keep competing year after year? Yeah. Uh, they were 21st in DVOA and offense, 19th in defense last year. You, I agree completely with what you said. It's like, you know, their their quarterback room is just like it's it's a weird. Mo- so like, odd. Like, I don't even know why Malik Willis is still on the team. 
Like, wouldn't you trade them like for a, a, a ham sandwich at this? They point? couldn't even get a ham sandwich. They couldn't even get like a a, a couple. Like, couldn't even get a quarter pack of. Uh, what was he? A of, third or fourth round pick? Third. I want to say it was. Why don't you they, just cut his ass? They couldn't even get a quarter pack of Lunchables out of him at this point. Like they they just couldn't. Again, why wouldn't like there's zero incentive in having him in that quarterback room? I think it's next offseason. I it, I'll say this: if he was like a last and like final cut to get down to 53 or 57 or whatever the number is right now. If he was like one of those final cuts, I wouldn't be surprised. Not in the slightest. I also don't trust Will Levis whatsoever. I also have some weird notion that Ryan Tannehill might have some revenge to her left in him. That makes one of us. <laughs> I don't know. That's total delusionalness. The, so the, the biggest problem that they have is their offensive line is absolute garbage. Yep. It's absolute for one of the worst of the league. Garbage. It is the worst offensive line. And that's after drafting Skaronsky. Yeah. So I don't know how Derrick Henry is going to run the ball behind that. I don't know how Tannehill, Levis, or Malik Willis, when he's playing in week 16, just because is going to be able to throw anything. I still don't understand why, why they signed DeAndre Hopkins and why he signed there. None of that made any sense to me whatsoever. The The thing that doesn't make any sense to me about the Tennessee Titans is, is history repeats itself, doesn't it? The reason that their previous GM got fired is because they needed to rebuild. The owner wouldn't let them rebuild. So they said, well, you need to rebuild, but you also need to win now. So they did these weird, awkward moves to win now, but also rebuild. So that's why they traded um, A.J. Brown. They're like, well, we can't afford him. So we got to get rid of him because we need to rebuild, but we still need to win now. And then he got fired. And now you bring in another GM and you're doing the same shit. I think they're giving Ron a little more leeway. It's one of those things where like, well, we have a win now coach, but they're giving him a little more leeway to tear things down. This feels like a pivot season where they're like, we know we're tearing things down this year. So why sign Hopkins? That doesn't make any sense. That, I don't know. Good no answer sense it, it, was the, it was the worst. I would have rather he went to Baltimore. In or New England or anywhere, anywhere, else. anywhere, anywhere yeah, else would have made more sense. sense to me. So. And now you have instead of one receiver who can't separate you potentially. I mean, I love Hopkins. I will still fight anyone that he's a top ten receiver in the league, but he's not going to be able to show it because you're playing in a one dimensional offense in Tennessee again with a bunch of other receivers who are. If it wasn't for Hopkins, it'd be the worst receiving room in the NFL. That's and I am correct. all out. I am all out on Traylon Burks. I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm all out. I just I don't see it. I that's I I don't see it. Yeah, doesn't no. it just, just doesn't feel right to me? And Derrick Henry, God bless him. I've thought the world of him since he was playing in Alabama, but he enters his age 29 season after all the wear and tear that he's taken. That is just like glaring red light flashing to me right now. I know he's superhuman in so many cases, but like it still terrifies the shit out of me. I still kind of want to sprinkle a little bit on them winning the division as a slight hedge. I can't. Jacksonville. I cannot in good conscience condone it. All right. All right. We won't do that. We no. won't do that. If I was going to sprinkle anything, I would sprinkle DraftKings uh, giving plus 105 on the under, on under seven and a half. Oh, wow. That's going way optimistic. Under seven and a half. This division could have three bottom 10 teams because the other two teams are, I think, I, I think. Let's go. Because my next one is my lock. My le- if there's one team, you said you have to put one team, you got to put the mortgage on it and you got to choose an over under. If there's one team in the entire AFC where I'm like stone cold, give me some of that. 
It's the under on the Indianapolis Colts at six and a half wins. Wow. Holy shit. If this team wins six, I would be stunned. They're bad. So they won four last year. Yeah. And they got worse. And they got worse. They downgraded a quarterback. Again, Anthony Richardson, super freak. I get it. But as I wrote, remember when we all agreed that he was two years away from being two years away? Well, that's why Gardner Minshew is going to be playing. Is this Gardner Minshew better Gardner than Minshew is going to be playing? I don't think Minshew is going to be playing. I think they're going to give Richardson the reins right away because you don't draft the super freak and not give him the football and let and not let him uh, and not let him cook. I know Jonathan Taylor will beg to differ, but the dude's got a bad back, right? Does he there's really? Some, there's something wrong with Jonathan Taylor. There is something wrong. If everyone, well, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and acts like a duck, it's not a fucking mongoose, right? Like. It's, but I also can't believe anything that Jim Irsay says. It's everybody else. I don't believe anything that Jim Irsay says, but it's everybody It's everybody else. That's a slow offense. The offensive line, surprisingly, is weird or it's not very good. You have one viable receiver in Michael Pittman, who, again, is, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a more of a number two guy. And then you have a above average defense that might have lost one of its best players in Stephon Gilmore. Unfortunately. So... What am I supposed to hang my hat on here besides Gardner Minshew's mustache? Um, that Jonathan Taylor's going to run for 2,000 yards? Right. You're going to hand the football 35 times to a, a, 35 times a game to a guy who has been walking around like Fred Sanford for the last couple of days. And I don't think we'll even play football this season. I think this play, there's a, there's a 1% chance he gets traded. I, you think he plays for the Colts? If I had to put my money where the mouth is, yes. That will be interesting. I yes. love, 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 love the under on this. Positive odds in both directions. Give me all of the under on six and a half. I love it. I, I think they're going to be a bottom six, bottom five team. And then my master plan of Josh Harris signing Chris Ballard to be our new GM will be fully executed. And all right, I, I got a spicy one for you then. You're going to love this one. Colts to have the worst record plus 1,500. That's no. what I have in my notes. I can't in good conscience because Arizona is still there. And so, all right. If we're looking at, at worst teams, it goes Arizona at plus 250, Tampa Bay at plus 950. They're tasty. Um, Houston at 1,000, Vegas 13, and then uh, the Rams are also at plus 1,000. And then Washington and the Colts are at plus 1,500. I, I kind of like the Colts at plus 1,500. To have I like it if it weren't for the Cardinals. All right. It's worth a shot. I was just putting it out there. It's worth a shot, but I just – Like, isn't it worth 10 bucks? Okay. So here's where – here's the mitigating factor or the concerning factor right now. If Kyler Murray does come back in October or November, then that bet is off because he'll find a way to win two cheap games. Which means, because the Colts won't find a way, to, a way to win two cheap games, because everybody in the division is more than likely better than them. Houston's not better. Houston, Houston. It, let me be very, very clear. Houston is not good. They have plenty of problems. But if you're asking me right now, apples to apples, would I rather have for this season? Would I rather have Houston's offense versus Indianapolis's offense? I might say Houston's, and I know their receivers are stinky, very stinky. It's a really good offensive line. It's a very deceptive, underrated line. Uh, under underrated line. I like me some Damian Pierce. I like him quite a bit. He's very good. 
uh, and they signed Motor Singletary, yada, yada, whatever. Don't care. CJ Stroud is one of those, I think we talked about this during the draft pod, high floor, lower ceiling, but high right. floor quarterback. I think he might be, although there's a lot of positive Bryce Young pub, but I, I think Stroud might be okay coming out of the gate because I'm kind of fascinated by Bobby Slowick as the offensive coordinator, as another Shanahan dude, like another Shanahan disciple, right? So I'm kind of interested in what he does over there. Plus he's a football lifer too. His dad was Bob Slowick. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Defense is still a mess. I, I'm, I'm documented as being not the highest on Will Anderson. I thought he was a little overrated, maybe more than a little. They gave up a got, lot to get him. Way too much. Way too much. God, the Cardinals made out like bandits. When the Cardinals walk out of the draft next year with two top five picks, Holy shit. You know, really yeah. good draft next year. For three years, we're saying not a good draft, not a good draft, not a good draft. That that stops. So so looking, I've, I've, we've kind of transitioned to the Texans. Their quarterback rankings, 22nd, whatever, I don't care. That's irrelevant. Nobody knows what they're really going to be. Offensive yes. line ranking, 19th. That's Running too low. backs, 28th. Too low. Receivers, 30th. That's right. Um, front seven, 26th. Secondary, 21st. That's right. That feels so, right. But they the line in the running backs a are positive cool. area on their team. There's I'm telling you, they can run the football. They they can run the ball, and if they find some semblance of a receiver, I don't think. I mean, if Nico Collins is this the year that he finally wakes up, because we keep you know we keep holding on to that, he's not bad. That's not not to knock him. It's just his bad circumstances. This there's more optimism this season to me for the. I can't say for three years from now, but for this season, there's more optimism for the Texans for me than there is the Colts. I'm just looking forward to seeing what cj stroud looks like on that team i mean i don't think he's not going to win any like you know boner jam sex appeal awards from the quarterback position but i think he's going to be very steadying yeah oh he can't be worse than davis mills uh speaking of boner jam sex appeal from the quarterback position we'll go to kansas city right now so a couple a couple of things the over under is at 11 and a half which seems low it seems low, right? Which is why the there's there's the, the odds are not favorable for going above because people are like that seems low. Do people really think they're going to lose five and a half games? I mean, I honestly haven't broken down their schedule and seen where they would lose five and a half games. I let's let's we'll put a, we'll circle back to that in just a second. If you want to be one of those people where you're like, oh, I can see Kansas City losing X number of games. All right, so your arguments are a couple. One, I think there is a hidden storyline that Kansas Mahomes has had maybe his worst supporting cast in a little while. Because please stop, please stop trying to sell me Kadarius Tony. Please stop trying to make Kadarius Tony a thing. Please stop. We need to stop. Kadarius Tony is the fetch of wide receivers. Please stop trying to make it a thing. He's not. He's just not. He's injured again. The guy can't play. You can't play, right? He's he's but he, he made what, a play was in the Super Bowl. What, right. So well, that's all we can think about because just, that's the last image we have of him. It's just, he can't play. He can't play. There's a reason he spends more time trolling people on Twitter than he actually does producing stuff on football. I mean, on the football field, they can't play. Everyone's trying to make Rashi rice into Jerry rice. Like we need to stop enough is enough. He so the receivers are hot. Travis Kelsey is there. Kelsey is the fixture. The Travis Kelsey's there. Um, They're going to run more 13 personnel again this year, right? They're going to run 13 personnel. They're going to run the football because that's what they were doing last year. And I think I I really, really, actually really, really like Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, and um, and even a tiny bit of Clyde Edwards-Alaire as a rebound this year. Even a tiny bit. Still there? Still there. Tiny bit of him. 
tiny bit. I, I think they go a little more ground and pound. Um, I don't like the receiving core and then they downgraded left tackle from Orlando Brown to Donovan Smith, old man, Donovan Smith is not very good. So, or wasn't very good particularly. So like there's questions there, but, but going back to the part about their schedule, pulling it back up on my end, um, Kansas city, Kansas city, right before their buy, they have a week 10 buy. So before the buy Miami has to come to Kansas city in November. So Miami cold weather, November. All right. So right after the bye, they have the Eagles, but at home, they have the Raiders and the Packers, very questionable team. They get Buffalo at home. They go to New England, and then they get the Raiders and Bengals at home. The schedule sets up very favorably for them in the second half of the year. And they have a bunch of, they have a couple of cupcakes on there early in the year. It the is hardest games are at home though. That's the, what I'm saying. Eagles and it's and really, Arrowhead is one home. of the best, the Arrowhead's one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. Right. Yes, I, I think I think currently it is the the hardest place to play in. Yeah, or Geha or whatever they call it now. But like you know, it's it's just you know it, it's it's their schedule sets up very very favorably. So like finding more than five losses, like you're really trying to find them. They could be undefeated going into their bye. Yeah, I, they could be eleven. Eleven wins it definitely seems low. I mean, last year they. Look, look the at the, so 2020. They were four, outside of the Chris Jones situation. It might be better. So they were 14 and two in 2020. They were 12 and five in 21. And that was with them with the yeah. Super Bowl hangover. And that was with Mahomes out for like three or four games. And then they were 14 and three last year. So you're telling me they can't win over 11 and a half. So we've established basically that if Mahomes misses three games, they're still going to win 12 games. Now I know the 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 big on the over is ugly, but what if you buy it up a little bit? Um, so if you get them at twelve and a half plus one fifty, I'm not saying it, but but it might be from. But even like I look at their schedule and I'm like, because there's the fucking key. Yes, all the games look winnable, but they have the 29th schedule, rank schedule. So they have the fourth hardest schedule. But fourth. look at the nature of the schedule itself. Right, the good teams like the Eagles and um, among others, and the Bengals. The Eagles, Bills, and Bengals are at home. Right, that's what I'm saying. That puts it a coin flip at best. Right, and then their their next toughest opponent is the uh, the 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 Chargers, which is a you know division rival. I was going to say the, the Chargers are the last game of the season, or going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. That's not hard. No, it's not, but. I don't know. I still think I'm going to stay away from this one. Fair enough. Okay. The Chargers moving down to them. So they're going to be, I can't remember what team we're talking about. I think it's the Ravens, right? It's not quite the same extent of the Ravens, but it's kind of similar story. So they swap out Joe Lombardi over Kellen Moore. So they learn to throw the football past the seven yard marks of the, uh, down the field and they don't murder Joe, uh, Justin Herbert's uh, yards per attempt as they have done over the last couple of years. No, thanks to Joe Lombardi. Um, because last year with Herbert, they still dropped to 19th in offensive. With Herbert and Austin Eckler being fantastic, they were 19th in offensive DVOA. That's that inexcusable. Is utterly shocking. Yeah. Right. So is that a is that a factor of the offensive coordinator? Is that a factor of the the injuries? Because they were beat the hell up. That's what I'm wondering. Because the season before, what they were a top 10 offense. Yes. And what changed? Lombardi didn't do it. Lombardi further handcuffed Bur- uh, Burrow, uh, Herbert, and 
I don't think they did anything that innovative. They didn't. They didn't. And I, I think I was excited for Kellen Moore um, coming there because. Particularly I, because he left Dallas. Well, absolutely. Because uh, Mike McCarthy calling the plays. Anytime makes, you can sign Brian so Schottenheimer, the worst retread of offensive coordinator this side of uh, Matt Canada. But anytime you can sign Brian Schottenheimer to be your offensive coordinator, you got to do it. That is just what's mind-boggling is because you already took something crappy in that you're going to call your own plays, which you proven are atrocious at, and then you brought in one of the worst offense coordinators of all time. Another atrocity. Fantastic. Love it. So, um, yeah, basically, Kellen Moore is going to push the ball down the field. It's yeah. Gonna a, it's going to be a big positive for them. Is going to push. You look the- at the, their roster, though, like they have positively, they, they're very strong everywhere top their their quarterback their top top five quarterback they've got an above average offensive line they've got an above average running game above average receivers average front seven just because they don't have a whole lot of depth outside of uh bosa and um depth is a a big question for them they can't bloody they can't bloody stay healthy that this is one of the most snake bitten teams when it comes to injuries. They just can't stay healthy. That's just, that's their MO. I don't know if it's that Chargers luck thing or whatever, but like this team is so snake bitten. Like they just can't, they just are perpetually injured in the wrong places at the wrong times. It's really what it comes down to. But I know their secondary analysis, but it is. It's also well above average. Um, JC Jackson looks pretty good in training camp. Um, he was, Samuel, he was injured all of last year. So like he yeah. was garbage last year, but like there's a reason for it. Right. Asante uh, Samuels Jr. is fantastic. And Derwin James is an absolute monster. So and Joey Bosa. So if if and if Khalil Mack is still there, he may not be Khalil Mack. Yeah. So like the tackles are not bad. They yeah. slight, slight swap out in middle linebacker. They lost Drew Tranquil, but they got Eric Kendricks. Fine general wash, maybe a slight 10% downgrade, but generally fine. Yeah. Kenneth Murray's a little bit of a has a little bit of bust vibes on him, but he's still not terrible. But he, why is their forecasted wins only nine and a half? Because they underperform. They just find ways to underperform. The betting public is can't trust them, understandably so. All right. Again, 2027 and nine, 2021, nine and eight, and last year, 10 and seven. So you're telling me with Kellen Moore, they can't do better. I think they can find one more win, which is why probably they're getting negative vig on all the uh, above nine and a half. Yeah, I kind of like the nine and a half. It's a, not that bad. I think that's right. I have what's my my win bracket for them. Yeah. See, you go to DraftKings, you get them at minus one twenty for for nine yeah, and a half wins. Draft, DraftKings is minus one twenty, which is not good, but it's not bad. They're totally gonna fuck me, but it'll be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy every second of it. I'm gonna get. You've touched on them multiple times, but I'm going to get to the one which I did the real, you know, uh, dog when you try to talk to a dog and they just turn their heads back and forth. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Uh, the Raiders. No, never mind. I'm sorry. I misread that. So the Raiders win total is six and a half. And the fact that the un- that the fact that the under is so heavily negative odds tells you exactly what you need to know that everyone's like slamming the under on them. I have in my win projections for them. I have, it's funny, I, I could see a world where they do get to seven wins, um, but I can just as well see a world where they get to five wins or less, to be completely frank with you. Um, this, as I mentioned, like this is a 
I don't know. It's this is the brick Tamlin. I don't know what we're yelling about team because what is it? What is this? They're a mess. Josh McDaniels is showing yet again that he is not a capable NFL head coach. Fine. I understand you hated Derek Carr. That was obvious from the get-go that you were going to look at Which made no sense to me whatsoever. But they wanted to swap out their quarterback. Every coach wants to do this. Good job. You got Jimmy G, who you almost had to cut because he barely cleared your medical waiver. And you 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 have Brian Hoyer ready to go because there's a very strong possibility he's going to have to play games for you. Brian Hoyer. And you can't sell me on the fact that Jimmy G passed his physical with flying colors either. No, no chance. Right. You can't sell me on that. You, there is. He didn't pass the STD test. That's for sure. <laughs> he definitely can't do that. <laughs> no chance. The that guy's got new Vegas ones that, that, the, that, the, that the CDC hasn't even heard of yet. <laughs> He's um, got quite the cocktail going it's like that scene in The Simpsons where he's like, your body is impervious to it because all of the diseases are trying to get to the door at one time. Has all of them. So I'm invincible. No, no. In fact, you're quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Um, you can sell me even less on the idea that Josh Jacobs is going to run for 1600 yards again. That was an anomaly in the matrix. If there ever was one, like that's just not going to happen again. There's very little chance. And their defense still stinks. Their back seven of their defense particularly stinks. Max Crosby's still an animal. Max Crosby's an animal. Chandler Jones is five, three years past his prime. I get it. And then as I made a note over there, that like Sharp, uh, Warren Sharp has them quietly as one of the three hardest schedules in the NFL last year. So you have a bad team with a one-footed quarterback with an identity crisis on defense. And let's give them one of the worst schedules in the NFL. That sounds great. I just pulled it up under five and a half plus 120. I'm talking myself more and more into your worst team in the NFL for, although that was the Colts. 1400. All right. That's I'm doing it. Not to mention the fact thinking eight months from now, doesn't the whole Caleb Williams going to the Raiders just make so much sense or Drake may going to the Raiders. Yeah. Not if, he, if they get number one, it's going to be Caleb that or, or, or Caleb going to the Rams is but for some reason, I think McVay is going to get way more out of that team. I don't think the Rams are going to be in the bottom. I don't. I don't either. I don't think they're going to. I, I think they're going to quietly get eight or nine wins. Like I, I, I still have to dig a little deeper into them, but I, they're not going to be that bad. Last year was an outlier. Last year was a bad Super Bowl hangover. And they'll all admit that. Yeah. And they also had ter- Cooper. They lost Cooper Cup. Again. I know. Well, they lost him last year, but then right now he's got a hamstring injury. but Which is multiple weeks. Well, the the problem with the hamstring injury is they never go. Isn't that was Curtis Samuels had two years ago. Uh, no, he had a groin. It was a groin. All right, same thing. They just they don't go away. They tend to come back. Yep, and they tend to manifest in other places. Um, I I just I don't like this Raiders team, and I and I, was, I hate them. It was funny because like even Mark Davis made that illusion. There's like once we figure out what we're doing, we'll be good. And it's like, is that really what you want to say publicly? Yeah. What's so? What's interesting is you, if you look at their their team offensively, they have a good offense. They've got an average line, good running game, good receivers, terrible like, quarterback. Actually, deceptively good receivers: Jacoby Myers, Hunter Hunter Renfro, and obviously Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. But who who knows if he'll, how much longer he's going to be on that team? 
I have to look at the contract situation, but it, I could very well see them like being like, you can leave now after like this this year because usually they're two year contracts, and after the third year, they used to can start to build it out. Trying to but, out the problem would be how much dead cap they'd hit. So their front seventh is ranked 29th, and their secondary is ranked 30th. That's so right. literally that is the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, that that all sounds right, and they did a whole slab of nothing to really substantially upgrade it and head coach ranking 27. Yeah. That seems about right as well. Um, and they also have a, they're in a difficult division and they have a difficult schedule. The easiest team they play is the bears and the bang or the Patriots. And depending on what you think of green Bay. I don't think the Bears will be I don't particularly good, but I don't think the Bears will be particularly bad. I think the field it's gonna be in Chicago, I think just and it's in week seven. I think Justin Fields will you might be them he, alive. Yeah, I might be hitting, you know, some some um a good part of the stretch there. All right. Okay. I'm absolutely betting them at minus five and a half. Yeah, and I'm going to take them for worse record. I could take I could see them at five wins pretty easy. I'm finding it hard to find five wins for them. I don't blame you. I just don't think they're going to be good. I don't I don't get it. My concern about them is, which I can refute immediately, they had that weird stretch in the middle of the season where they were actually kind of good and they were a dark horse wild card team. And then they pissed off Derek Carr. And then that went away. Then they replaced Derek Carr with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. He's not going to play the entire season. No. And then Brian Hoyer is going to play and that's going to be even worse. Can I tell you that sitting, doing all my mock drafts and stuff like that and sitting at the 10th overall spot, this is the one year where it's absolutely terrible because after about seven or eight, it falls off a cliff, mm -hmm. particularly with the keeper statuses in our league with a bunch of guys being off the board already. But it's like, I'm going to choose from like Cooper Cup, one leg, Devontae Adams, no quarterback, Derrick Henry, issues already like already discussed. It's like the pickings are slim because – like after that first core six or seven guys, there's like big time question marks. If Cup wouldn't have the hamstring injury, he would have been hands down the pick. If he lasted. Right. If he lasted. All right. Last team. Denver. I don't know. I don't know. But, I, so I, their win projection is at eight and a half. Which feels high. So so Lombardi is uh with his uh yep with his boy uh, and we just got done talking about the fact that like that him leaving the chargers was an upgrade why did they hire vance joseph as the defensive coordinator when he did it's, such a stellar job as a head coach there why did vance joseph take that isn't that just awkward as to come back hell? yeah it's it is it is a strange set of circumstances yes so, um, like one I of my favorite was... quotes is uh Getting back with your ex is like eating reheated McDonald's French fries. Great. Like, oh my God, that's so great. It's really good. It's that's awesome. really good. Yeah. Um, that's what I would think. Uh, that would, That's what Vance Joseph's eating. He's eating McDonald's, reheated McDonald's French fries. So a couple of theories on this one. I have been really trying to ask myself, everyone's like, oh, Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. I'm like, are we sure Sean Payton is good? Like, are we really sure that he's good? And then he comes out and he does the whole like, hey, look how bad Nathaniel Hackett was. And I'm like, yeah, everybody knows Nathaniel Hackett was really bad at his job. Like we knew that he was way, he was in way over his head. 
But the number one rule of coaching is like, you don't go out and bash another dude and say like what a bad coaching job he did. And it's like, you don't particularly do that when you haven't even started the season yet. And then you might spend this season realizing that you hate your quarterback and you don't want him. And by the way, which everyone also kind of overlooks now, you were like plan C or D for the Broncos. You weren't their handpicked guy that you're like, yo, we got to go get this guy. Like, they really wanted Jim Harbaugh. They really wanted D'Amico Ryans. And there's somebody else in the middle that they really wanted too that I'm missing. And they're like, shit, we lost out on all of them. Let's go get Sean Payton. And so, give up a first to get him. Like, you're not God's gift to earth or God's gift to coaching, clearly evidenced by the whole process. And you still have your own questions. And by the way, you have a hod- like an okay offensive line. You just lost arguably the linchpin of your receiving group because Judy and I would have bet any sum of money that Jerry Judy would have been great. I would have bet any sum of money when he was coming out of school. Right. And I'm wrong. Uh, he just hasn't been. He's been so inconsistent. It's maddeningly frustrating. He's just not that guy. If people want to make him because of fantasy purposes, he's not. Cortland Sutton, they are looking forward to like ways to get rid of him. Tim Patrick was the linchpin of that wide receiving group. He's gone again. Yep. So, and you have... Uh, I like Samaj P. Ryan a lot, actually, for the stopgap for Javante Williams. And Javante Williams coming off a really gruesome knee injury. And then the defense is is really, really good. But that's only going to get you so far, as evidenced by last year. But, Stellar. Sertan's the best corner in the game. Justin Simmons might be the best safety, one of the three best safeties in the game. Like, they're great. They're genuinely great. But I, don't, I just... Eight wins in this division. Like you got the Chargers and Chiefs already sitting at the top that you're looking up at, not to mention the rest of the conference. This just feels a bit much. But it's Sean Payton. Yeah, exactly. That, that that's in in and to your point about Vance Joseph, and we alluded to this, it's like, you know, they squeezed out a really uh, above average, even with all the I think they were the most injured team in the NFL last year in terms of man games lost. Like I think they were number one in the league. And they still squeeze out. It was an 11 or something on their DVOA because Jiro Evero is a great defensive coordinator. And we're going to talk much more about him when we talk about the Panthers and the NFC version of the of the pod because they're interesting. Point being that I just, I don't know. There, there's a world where like this team finishes 5-12 and 12 and the entire offseason about like, how are they going to dump Russ's contract? So their over-under is weighted towards the under. And I, I would tend to agree that There'll be an eight-win team at best. That seems very rich at best. Like I said, I mean, I know you said at best, but even eight wins seems very rich. So at at, at eight and a half under, it's minus one thirty-two. But you said DraftKings has them at minus one ten. That sounds like a that sounds like a way better value. All right, I was I was going to stay away from Denver at one, minus one ten for under eight. That. That's interesting. All right. We're going to – I got notes. Oh, crap. I've got too many picks, and it's only the AFC. I know. The NFC is is really going to be interesting because there's a lot of, like, they could swing in so many directions teams. A quick recap. So Ravens under 10.5. I had Pittsburgh under 8.5. Chiefs over 12.5 with the plus 150. Chargers over 9.5, minus 120 on DraftKings. Vegas under five and a half plus 120. I'm not as bullish on the Chargers, but just because the weird shit happens to them. All right, we're going to scratch that one. There we go. Now, because we got to, what are the lessons that we learned? 
just go with the really solid ones. So Vegas under five and a half, also with small money on them having the worst record. Denver under eight and a half, minus 110. And then I also had Cleveland to win the division just a little bit. And so a quarter unit on the division and three quarters of unit on the over. And then we had Jacksonville over 10 and a half at one plus 145 and uh, the Colts under. Yeah, I was going to say you you saved it for last, but I was like, my number one like stone cold lead pipe lock that I was going to go with. I'm like, I love all of the Colts going under. I love all of it. And I like the Colts. I know. And you like Chris Bowie. Yeah. But I so all, how many, all the under. Yeah. It's a plus 106, 104. That's not going to be a good football team. There's just not. It's just not. All right. I'm not going to bet Colts worst record, though. I'm going to scratch that one. I did have that in my notes. So what do we got here? We've got one, two, three, four, five, eight bets plus a worst record on the Vegas. Vegas with the worst record just sounds fun, but I if you if you ask me gun to my head, do I think the Raiders We're are the talking Col- like five, ten bucks? The Colts. It's that's the lottery ticket. Yeah, that's fair. All right. We will wrap this up given the hour and yeah, and then we're gonna do this for part two for the NFC and dive just as deep and got to give the people ways to keep getting them checks. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.